The Five. Hello, everybody. I'm Jesse Waters along with Judge Jeanine Pirro, Jessica Tarlov, Katie Pavlich, and Greg Gutfeld. It's 5 o'clock in New York City, and this is The Five. It's a tale of two border trips, Joe Biden and Donald Trump making dueling visits to the besieged border in Texas and seeing two different realities. On the left, President Biden wrapping up remarks in Brownsville after shuffling his way around a sanitized version of the border. The area he's in once saw 10,000 illegals a day, but thanks to the Texas razor wire he wants to remove, crossings are at an all-time low. Here's the president. Folks, it's real simple. It's time to act. It's long past time to act. They desperately need more resources, need more agents, more officers, more judges, more equipment in order to secure our border. Folks, it's time for us to move on this. We can't wait any longer. Folks, the bipartisan border security deal is a win for the American people. And it's a win for the people of Texas. And it's fair for those who legitimately have a right to come here to begin with. It's a win for the people of Brownsville. And I believe that's why the Border Patrol Union endorsed it. And on the right, former President Trump was touring Eagle Pass, Texas, at the section of the border that's been bombarded by hordes of illegals. It was a big contrast to Sleepy's visit. Within the last five days, Biden's Brownsville's seen just 46 migrant encounters, while Trump's Eagle Pass has been rocked by over 2,000. The former president getting a tour from Texas Governor Greg Abbott and letting it rip. This is a Joe Biden invasion. This is a Biden invasion. And now the United States is being overrun by the Biden migrant crime. It's a new form of uh, vicious violation to our country. It's migrant crime. Joe Biden will never say Lake and Riley's name, but we will say it and we will remember it. We're not going to forget her. And I'll say this. Uh, it's a military operation. I mean, we have a military. This is like a war. So Donald Trump said her name. I don't believe Joe Biden said Lake and Riley's name, but the way he's making this into a military invasion really hits home with a lot of people and should be effective. Well, I think it was right on point, especially for this moment, because what America is seeing and hearing about are these horrific crimes. Uh, and Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, talked about it right after former President Trump spoke. And he talked about a two year old being shot in the face, a 14 year old being stabbed at knife point. Another individual, all illegals in this country, stabbing a, a man had so much blood on him, not counting the blood of the man that he was stabbing. Look, we are at a very critical point in this country where it almost isn't about just the border anymore. And I still, Jesse, I don't understand why Joe Biden went to Brownsville and then he's claiming, oh, we got to do something about the border. Six people came across yesterday. You know, he could have said, hey, I solved the border uh, issue. But OK, so he comes down and he goes to a place in Brownsville where six people uh, came through. Right now, the American people are more concerned about who is coming through. There is an, a person from El Salvador who came into this country four times and there was a red notice. A red notice means that the country of El Salvador 
has issued a worldwide alert for this individual. They are that dangerous. And this person has come in and out of the uh, United States four times. He was deported once and then came back four times. A red alert from El Salvador for an MS-13 gang member. They kill to get into the gang. So what you've got today are these, it's almost like the tale of two cities. One guy standing there saying, you know, it's about politics. We got to come together. And the other guy saying, guys, you want to talk about an existential threat? It's not climate change and it's not the nuclear war. It is immigration that is impacting uh, every person in this country by countries that are literally emptying their jails and emptying their mental institutions based not upon discrimination, but what we're seeing. Jessica, why doesn't Joe Biden just do something with executive power to just shut everything down? Well, he has teased that he's going to. I also don't think it's possible to do that. You hear a lot about these 90 executive orders that he undid and everything would just be perfect without that. A lot of that was due to what was tied up in the court system and actually wasn't uh, Joe Biden's decision anyway. And former DHS Secretary Jay Johnson was on with the Fox and Friends uh, crew this morning. I, I would recommend everyone watch it. It's long 17 minute interview. And he's talking about how a this is just what happens. Like when Donald Trump came into office, he undid a lot of what Obama had done. And guess what? President Obama was the best at keeping migrants out of the country. He deported more undocumented people than George Bush and Donald Trump. A lot to learn there from him. Just a little so, bit more. Yeah. Just a little bit more. Like like what? Like, what's your little bit? I'm talking hundreds of thousands. Oh, that's the, per year. No, that's nothing. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty no, it's good. amazing. Uh, I mean, Donald, Donald Trump, Trump is also amazing. deported hundreds okay. of thousands per year as well. Okay. What I was going to start with, because I didn't know exactly what question you were going to give me, is the baseline that nothing Joe Biden was going to do today was going to be good enough for you. So that's the basis that I'm working from. Now we'll go to what uh, Secretary Johnson was talking about. So he was focused on the fact that there are 1,900 miles of U.S.-Mexico border, but only 300 miles Mexico and Central America. He said, that's what we need to put pressure on. Mexico needs to be doing more. I didn't know how much cooperation they had gotten from sanctuary cities to work with the feds. That's something that President Biden should try to move back um, or bring back into action, I should say. They were able to get people who were violent criminals out, people who are committing some of these terrible... Wait, wait, what are you what saying? Are you, what, are you what are you saying? Are you well, saying, saying that the big English. cities are cooperating with ICE? They the were sanctuary? in the Obama administration. That's well, what let's Jay- just talk about Joe Biden. I'm talking about, talk about every other right. Joe Biden. He okay. went there today. What did he tell you? Well, he told me that we need to pass the bipartisan border deal. And you know why? Because we need things like more border patrol agents. We need a higher threshold for asylum. To let more we people need- in? Why do no. we need more border patrol to stop people from coming? What are you talking about? The wall, you do remain in Mexico, and you do the Title Forty Two. I guess I was right that statue. nothing Joe Biden could have said or that I could have said would have stopped you guys from doing this. Right. These are real let's, solutions. Let's let's, and John, let's keep it moving. I love you, but let's keep it moving. I'm not going to say it back to you. Um, (laughs) I just want to add that also John Fetterman said today that he would be open to a grand bargain about H.R. 2. No, it's good. These are things that are good for you. Why don't you let me get it out? Uh, you can as long get it as out. you don't touch Zaka. You can get it out, Jessica. But the point about the border bill is even if you sign this bipartisan border but, 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 bill. By James so, Langford, someone, noted commie. Jessica, you didn't probably even read it. Someone from El Salvador still comes across, and the Border Patrol, I don't care how many you guys hire, still catches and releases them according to this bill. We don't know yes, who they are. But we got to get it to talk about the bill when we should be talking about the fact that Joe Biden invited this problem. He literally stood up on the debate stage and said all of these people should come here 
And they followed his lead in all these Democratic cities who said that Trump was racist and therefore they weren't going to, you know, comply with ICE detainers like they did under Obama. That cre- creates the problem now with these violent criminals. Biden gave a speech. I didn't hear him talking about deterring anyone from coming here. All I heard him say is we have to pass this legislation in order to get more Border Patrol agents to process these people. He wants a bill that would pay for attorneys, which is also just another magnet for people to come here. And he wants this bill to pass because he gives billions of dollars to these leftist NGOs that are part of this illegal immigration industrial complex, which only allows more people to come into the country. Don't hear him talking about criminals. Donald Trump goes to the border, talks about criminals, doesn't talk about illegal immigrants having dignity and needing to be part of these NGOs and that they need an asylum process and that they should have court dates and taxpayer-funded lawyers. Trump goes to the border and names a number of people who have been victims of violent crimes. Joe Biden doesn't do that. And so when people are making this choice about who they want to be president, President Trump is looking out for Americans, and Joe Biden goes to the border and looks out for illegal immigrants. Final thing, when you look at the, fo- the photo or the visual of Joe Biden standing in front of these border, pro- border patrol agents, we have smeared over and over again. They look like they're being held hostage. And now he has the nerve to say that we don't want to politicize this and God bless the border patrol. Those guys who he smeared for whipping agents or whipping Haitians, allegedly, that never happened. He, they've never gotten an apology and they still don't have their jobs back on their horseback. So they're not patrolling the border. Greg Gutfeld. Well, you know, obviously this has been Trump's signature issue, and Joe is there because of Trump. He's always playing catch-up. He's always plagiarizing. He's like a co-worker who tries to take credit for someone else's work because he didn't do the job. I think the contrast is very stark here between the capable and the incapable. Um, it's the key difference Between these two guys, you can hate Trump all you want, but you can't say he's incapable. And you can like Joe all you want and realize he's incapable. He's a nice guy, but he can't get the job done. You know, Trump was on this turf years before he was running. And it was because it was patriotic and not political. It took the rest of these lemmings to catch up. So the only political animal here is Joe, who, you know, required a heinous murder to get him on a plane to El Paso or else he wouldn't have been there. So Trump's been right on the big issues, whether you like him or not, especially immigration. So this is why he has home field advantage. Uh, I think the Dems and the media at large are just deeply offended that they even have to address this right to them. Trump's inelegant and honest phrasing on the issue is more offensive than the crimes that are caused by illegal immigration. And you can, and this is, you know, this isn't an exaggeration. The amount of attention that is paid to Trump's words far larger than the attention paid to the rapes and the murders. It's like Hamas, right? You know, uh, they're more outraged by the Israeli response than the initial October 7th massacre. What's interesting here to me is this provides kind of a loose uh, model for a debate. Joe doesn't want to debate Trump on the issues. And the media will protect him. So why doesn't Trump just go places that forces Joe to debate him next time? Go to a supermarket chain and show that the, the prices are 20 percent up and, and pressure Dr- Joe to show up at a supermarket. Maybe he will. Or go to a, a street where all the stores are closed down and the homeless are living on the street. Maybe Joe will acknowledge that. Shame him into actually addressing the issues since he's too scared to debate.
Shame him. Shame him. Shame, 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 shame on Jessica. You all. Shame on you, Jessica. Yeah. I don't even need to hear that you love me because I know you love me. You can feel it. I can emanating. feel it. Coming up, liberals warn the apocalypse is here over the Supreme Court decision to hear Trump's immunity case. I can. And the colors of the sea, find your eyes with trembling mermaids, and you touch the distant beaches with tales of rain. It's just your mother and I went to Fox News Radio On Demand on the Fox News app. Download the app and just click listen. When you swipe left, you can listen to your favorite Fox News talk shows live. Swipe right for the latest Fox News Radio newscasts on demand. Fox News Radio on the Fox News app. Download it today. Surprise, so you rub your eyes. Never knew you to yes, so cool was eyes. Urban Dance Squad. One hit. Grab all your loved ones and escape while you can. The media is once again warning that the Trump apocalypse is upon us after the Supreme Court announced that it will hear the former president's immunity case. The cravenness of the court is evident in what they are doing with the pacing here. It is frustrating to me that the idea that the U.S. Supreme Court is going to be delaying this trial. It's a bad look for them. Yeah. It's a to, very to bad it? to have taken yeah. us. It is an unmistakable sign from the MAGA majority of the Trump-created court, that they are with him. Uh, there is a lot tonight to be pessimistic about. Some of the justices simply want to assist Donald Trump in delaying the resolution of this case in the hope of pushing his trial off uh, past the election. And I am beyond terrified, Nicole, right now for our country. We can't put all of our hopes um, in the Supreme Court. The people need to be engaged and aroused at this point to uh, demand that there be justice. Engaged and aroused. <laughs> All right. Anyway, la uh, roll back. <laughs> Don't worry about them. The media found another way to get engaged and aroused last night after a radical judge kicked Trump off the ballot in Illinois. Cook County Judge Tracy Porter, whose previous expertise was being a traffic judge like you, Jesse, ruling that the dawn can't appear on the state's ballot, citing the 14th Amendment's insurrectionist ban. And relying on the Colorado Supreme Court's decision as precedent. Katie, why is the media so upset about this? Is it because it ruins the timing? Yeah, I mean, they claim this is all about saving democracy, protecting voters, saving America. But they just expose themselves because if they actually cared about that, they wouldn't care when the, when the trial might be. They just would agree that the Supreme Court should take up the immunity question to see if President Trump qualifies. Uh, instead, they're very upset that this may delay the trial, which means they're just, again, admitting that this is really about trying to convict him before the election because polling shows if he were convicted that people wouldn't vote for him. So they just expose themselves again, showing that this is all about political games Ugh. and that they're trying to take down Biden's top political opponent with the court system rather than just allowing people to vote for the sake of democracy. I hate it when Democrats expose themselves. I mean, it, it can that is the weird. opposite of being engaged and aroused, <laughs> Jesse. So Katie brings up a good point. This is actually trying to, uh, uh, you know, compromise an election. So last night was election night for them. Yeah. And they lost, Greg. Mm -hmm. You could see the emotion because they have put all of their eggs in this basket of lawfare. And now they're realizing that the judges at the Supreme Court aren't on their schedule. 
And so they're realizing that Joe Biden might have to win this himself. <laughs> That's what you saw last night. Them realizing that this is going to be a free and fair election to a certain extent where it's going to be mano a mano and you're not going to have judges and lawyers screwing around with everything because they've been trying to persuade a handful of judges instead of 150 million voters. That's what they do. That's why they get so hysterical when you have Supreme Court nominations. Mm. That's why they go to mattresses for someone like Kavanaugh. Remember, that's how their agenda happens. It's all in the courts. It's very rarely legislatively. So when you have someone like Trump come in and beat Hillary, those were Hillary's three Supreme Court nominations. That would have changed the future of the country. That would have fundamentally transformed America. They don't have that now. And now they're freaking out about it. You saw that judge, traffic court judge, want to give him a fair shake. Earl Warren also wrote parking tickets mm -hmm. as a judge. Marshall, John Jay, some of the greatest justices on the Supreme Court used to write speeding tickets for buggies. Uh, you think you actually are believing what I'm saying. I do. No, don't <laughs> believe him. I know. Don't. <laughs> You just made all that up? I made yes. it up, Greg. This is why you're the number one name in news. Yeah. <laughs> and I made that up. Judge, uh, comment on the, on the traffic, Judge, and also on this uh, the, the meltdown. What's behind all this? You know, it's really amazing that a woman who was in traffic court two years ago and deciding municipal cases, whether or not the police officer actually gave you the right traffic ticket, uh, is over here saying, I'm going to decide on behalf of the people of Illinois that Donald Trump cannot be on the ballot. I mean, these people, I'm so sick of their saying he's a threat to democracy when everything they do is a threat to democracy in preventing the people from engaging in the democratic process, which is voting for the person that they want to be the president. What are they so afraid of? They're afraid of the fact that he's going to win because he's got most of America behind them. They see the polls. They see what's going on. So you got all these crazies at MSNBC saying the Supreme Court is cravingly denying a review of the case. No, are you stupid? They're not being cowardly. They actually are expediting the case. The only thing they wanted was the process. It goes to the D.C. Circuit and then it goes to the United States Supreme Court. And how dare the Supreme Court wait two weeks? Really? The Supreme Court is involved in life and death issues every day and they should stop everything to decide your political issue no and that's the problem with all of this this is about politics this is about their getting out there and saying we don't want him on the ballot the supreme court is going to do what it wants to do and the process has to work and the truth is the supreme court makes the decision in june Judge Chukin or whatever Chukin, Chukin gets, she's probably three months before they can actually go to trial because of all the motion practice that needs to be done. And they're furious. They want him convicted and out. They hate him so much. I worry about what's going to happen if he does appear on the ballot. Mm, Jessica, I yield the rest of the time to you. I'm glad the flashing red lights haven't started already. So maybe <laughs> I have 30 seconds. Um, I love days when you guys think that you're describing Joe Biden, but you're actually describing Donald Trump. So the person who didn't want the American people to be able to speak in 2020 was 
Donald Trump. And he had his team of crackpot lawyers fan out across the country to bring frivolous lawsuits when there had been recount after recount to make sure that the American public was disenfranchised and that we wouldn't know how Georgia voted and we wouldn't know how Arizona voted. Then he called up people to put pressure on them to find him 11,000 plus votes in Georgia. We know he did it in Michigan. Ronna McDaniel helped him out with that. That is the threat to democracy. And that's what this case is about. And when we talk about this impeachment inquiry, which is obviously a catastrophic disaster for Jim Comer and company, you guys say, well, we need to know if Joe Biden is dirty, right? I don't want to go on November 5th, show up and say, well, is this the guy who's making millions of dollars off of China and Uzbekistan, whatever, pulling diamonds out of his hair, whatever you're going to say? That's they shut down yeah. the laptop. Oh, right. The, the penis pictures that were going to decide America's future. And all the evil. That's the point all is, yep. <laughs> don't we deserve to know if one of the nominees for president is a felon? That's what this case is about. And Jack Smith made a motion to have this expedited so that the American people would get the chance to actually know who they're voting for. And yes, Katie, of course, the fact that over 30 percent of Republicans say we're not going to vote for a felon matters. But it matters electorally, and it also matters on a moral level. Do you want to vote for a felon? Why don't we just let the Supreme Court decide on the presidential immunity question so that that the Well, they should have done it in time. The D.C. Court of Appeals wrote a nearly 60-page opinion that was incredibly detailed. They did take extra time for that, which then no one begrudged them because of the content. And Trump's lawyer actually argued that Joe Biden could order someone from SEAL Team 6 to oh, murder. we went through that. Oh, that, was, that was ridiculous. No, we go. but that's the you know, We don't have to go. It. No, we do, actually. because you. It's, well, fine, but... Take a look at that. Let's take a look at what time it is. 2501, yeah, yeah, But... The, the thing is that I'm not done. So, Jessica, come on. We got to go. I consider this a victory of epic proportions, <laughs> and you may continue. Up okay. next, Kamala heaping praise on America's Nobel bozos. Hey, you seeing this? Yeah. All right. Kamala is giving out a big endorsement. The vice president is now heaping praise on progressive prosecutors in liberal cities who refuse to lock up repeat offenders. Having progressive prosecutors, for example, who can show what is possible and then show that it works and show that, frankly, it's not contrary at all to public safety. In fact, it is a better way. It is a very effective way, among other ways. To achieve public safety, it is in the best interest of everyone that the community can trust law enforcement. Kamala's love affair with soft on crime prosecutors isn't a total shock. We all remember how she encouraged donations to a bail fund for people who burned cities to the ground in 2020. Also, Greg, that bail fund was for alleged murderers and convicted rapists as well. What world is she living in? I mean, uh, you say the crime rate is down. Is that because people are committing less crime? No. 
Are there criminals being locked up? No. Are there more police arresting more people? No. It's because you stopped calling something a crime <laughs> and, and or not reporting it as a crime. That's why the stats dropped. So don't puke on my shirt and call it risotto, lady. By all means, though, I want you to go with this denial of observable reality. See how it works for you because people have had enough. When you deny the observable reality, you offend every person who's a victim of a crime or lives in a, in a community where there is crime or knows a victim of crime. That's all of us. All you got to do is come out of your little world, look at the closed businesses, the empty subways in New York. That's why I have bad traffic. The streets of our cities, which are lined with homeless and syringes. We see it. But the strategy right now is whether it's crime or the border or inflation, deny the observable reality that everyone feels and just hope they forget. But we won't. Well, Kamala's boss, President Joe Biden, was at the White House yesterday denying those things. Let's take a listen. Last year, the United States had one of the lowest rates of all violent crime, of all violent crimes in more than 50 years. Murder, rape, murder, rape, aggravated assault, robbery all dropped sharply, along with burglary, property crime and theft. And it matters. You know, uh, since day one, my administration has been working with law enforcement, mayors and community leaders to do what we know works to keep people and communities safe. So, Judge, what about the stats here, as Greg points out? If you downgrade everything that's supposed to be a felony to misdemeanor or you don't report crimes at all, or if you just let people out without prosecuting them, then it seems like the data isn't accurate. Look, I heard him say that, and I said to myself, this man is really on another planet. For him to come out and say that crime is at its lowest, violent crime is at its lowest rate in 50 years, the man has no idea what is going on in this nation that he sits at the helm of. That is an outrage. That is not only an untruth, that is an insult to Americans who have been impacted by crime, as Greg just said. Look. Is there a drop in crime? Maybe, because police have been defunded, so there are no police to arrest crimes, because progressive prosecutors are there, and they're dropping charges and not prosecuting crime. Liberal cities don't bother uh, assigning police to make these arrests. And there's a reduction in, in crime in New York City. It is violent. I don't even want to walk two blocks here. And yet what he's saying is, you know, they're saying we've got a 60 percent drop in crime. No, we don't. Yeah. People aren't calling when they've been a victim of a crime. Police aren't responding. 911 doesn't have time to get there. And Alvin Bragg is reducing 60 percent of felons, felony crimes to either misdemeanors or no crimes at all. Yeah, the crimes are still happening. There's of still a lot of course victims. they're of course. still happening. Yeah. And you know what? D.C., where he lives, has had the deadliest year uh, in, in more than two decades. Yeah. He lies. Karine Jean-Pierre lie. And they're worried about Trump. The t well, speaking of Trump, Jesse, yesterday when the White House put this fact sheet out, they said during the previous administration, America saw the largest increase in murders ever recorded in 2020. Well, what was happening in summer of 2020 that the Democratic Party was endorsing? Well, I'm not even sure that was true. But, yeah, 2020 was a disaster. And a lot of that was happening because people like Joe and Kamala bailed out rioters. So they committed more crimes. And... If I was mayor, I, I'd know how to reduce crime. Just wouldn't prosecute it. I could drop shoplifting to zero if I never prosecuted it. Mm -hmm. It's a numbers scam. And people actually listen to this guy and they believe him. Now, Kamala is crazy because Kamala is talking about DAs 
that are treating black Americans differently than everybody else. She, she is talking about Soros prosecutors that go in and see someone and say, you know what, he's had a hard life, victim of white supremacy. We're going to give him a second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth chance. And then he goes out and recommits crimes. Yeah. I mean, you've heard people in Soros-funded DA offices have people get arrested for rape, they get locked up, and then they transition to a woman and then assault more people in prison, yeah. and then the DA thinks it's funny. There's nothing to be proud of with Soros-funded DAs. They're all radicals, and they're all have blood on their hands. Jessica, and if you say you love me, that will make up for it. <laughs> Hard no on the love. Um, yeah, maybe by the end of the show. Um, so I guess the idea is that we're not supposed to talk about actual facts, that we should only appeal to emotion on this. And two things can be true. It can be true that there are scary things going on on the subway. I take the subway to and from work every single day that my deodorant is locked up at the CVS, which is really annoying. That explains it. <laughs> Those are my pheromones. It's a pregnancy. Um, but the reality is the numbers that he's talking about. And the Brennan Center looked into the specifics of where the increases were and the decreases and found that it was equally spread across Democratic and Republican cities. These are national trends. That means that in rural America and in urban America, we are seeing these drops. And they are notable that violent crime would be down in cities with over a million people by 15 percent. That's mm, well, it's a big they deal. Were at like 30 year highs. Jessica. Well, they weren't. That's like saying everyone also likes to pretend down. like they weren't alive Inflation's in the 1990s. Down from a 30 year high. OK, so there also still remain Republican run cities where the mayors are Republicans, your, your favorites, and they have much higher crime rates than we do here. Or in the yeah, New like York, Fred Chicago, Baltimore, yes, Washington. New York, there was a whole thing. Tommy Tuberville embarrassing himself again, talking about Alabama versus New York. It's much safer to be walking around here than to be walking around in Alabama. Well, you're shaking your head. Uh, this I is would about... walk down the streets of Bama like Can you go? of the world. <laughs> Why don't you go? I will pay for your ticket first class. You will pay? Yeah. First class. I'll go sure. with you, Jesse. Let's go. Oh, my yeah. God. Let's show in Alabama. Yeah. You can send both of us there. Well, I'll right. be safe. You wear GoPros. You show me what's happening I down there. I won't wear that. Yeah. All right. I wrote the hair. hair. Yeah. <laughs> Up next, uh, greasy Gavin Newsom earning his nickname. The governor just got busted giving a kickback to one of his biggest donors. My cholesterol is borderline. We let the liquor talk. I can't remember everything we said, but we said it all. This is a Fox News alert. The transcript for Hunter Biden's deposition was just released. The first son admitted he had put his father, Joe Biden, on speakerphone with his business associates and invited him to drop by business lunches. He also testified repeatedly that his father was not involved in his business dealings. We're digging through it all now and we'll bring you any big news. And now to this California corruption from America's greasy governor. The state passing a law that requires fast food restaurants to start paying workers $20 per hour on April 1st. But Panera Bread is free from it, thanks to Gavin Newsom pushing an unusual carve-out that exempts chains, quote, that bake bread and sell it as a standalone item. And wouldn't you know it? 
Greg Flynn is a longtime buddy and big-time donor to Newsom and just so happens to own a bunch of Panera restaurants, the two going back as far as high school and has been involved in previous business dealings. Of course, Gavin forgot to mention any of this when pushing the law. This is a big deal. Yeah, $20 an hour. 80% of the workforce. There's a lot of mythology about fast food. You know, Johnny used to learn the value of hard work. You know, he'd work a few hours in his first job. That's not the case, folks. That's a romanticized version of a world that doesn't exist. We have the opportunity to reward that contribution, reward that sacrifice, and stabilize an industry in turn. Now, Fox News has reached out to the Panera owner and the governor. Greg Flynn says that he played no role in formulating the exemption and Newsom office stating, quote, the governor never met with Flynn about this bill. And this story is absurd. Our legal team has reviewed it and it appears Panera is not exempt from the law. All right. All right. So only restaurants that are making bread qualify for this exception. So uh, is this cronyism, Jesse? You remember the Obamacare scandal where they had the Cornhusker kickback and the Louisiana purchase? This is the Panera Bread bribe. And it's how business is done. Sadly, Judge, in politics, sometimes these things happen. But he's claiming it's not true. So now I don't know what to think. Did we get the story wrong or is Gavin lying? I'm going to go with lying. (laughs) And I can't wait to impeach him when he's president for this scandal. But just the... You have to be stupid to think that raising minimum wage for fast food to $20 an hour isn't going to just supercharge inflation and then make the burgers and the bread, everything costs twice as much. Then no one goes to eat there, and then those stores do badly, and then they leave like every other store is leaving in San Francisco. You know, um, Katie, that Newsom told reporters on this in particular that the exemption was part of political sausage making. Mm. And it reminds me of how in California he was cleaning house for Xi Jinping. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's something everybody does. Did you catch what Trump said today about his new nickname? He I called, loved he it. He called him Gavin Newscum today. Scum. New scum. New scum. So there's a greasy Gavin and Gavin Newscum. Um, so... The question is, why does Panera want an exemption? And Jesse just talked about why, because it makes things too expensive and it actually hurts the working class, which Gavin Newsom claims to be standing up for, because these companies who are run by billionaires, this guy's a billionaire, then just buy a bunch of machines that you don't have to pay. You don't have to hear them complain. You don't have to hear about them protesting for higher wages. And they just put machines into all these restaurants so that there's no workers anymore. And that's how people get their fast food. And so maybe people will still be making bread, but they're not going to be serving the customers in a way that they used to. And that's why a lot of states have gone the opposite way in not having these minimum wage mandates at this level because it just kills off the business. If you're a minimum wage worker, why would you work at Panera as opposed to McDonald's? I guess you wouldn't. I think there was also a quote in one in the packet uh, from George Flynn, the businessman in question, saying that they're really struggling. Um, so I think, it, I think it's a tough time for fast food, no matter what bread exemption because or it's expensive. not. It is expensive. And why is it expensive? Because Joe Biden is a monster. Mm. Um, <laughs> there's time to write all day. Yeah, I, there's going to be an investigation into this. I'm sure that the governor's office welcomes that. You would want to know. But if, it, if this exemption does apply to multiple businesses, then that's what life is. That's fine. Like La Brea Bakery would get it too. 
it's a standalone item, all these places that sell bread. Like, I don't, I don't see really the big deal. I was also waiting to be wowed by the amount of money that this man gave to his campaign. And it's over two elections and less than $200,000, which is not make or breaking mm-hmm. Gavin's future. Well, all right. Uh, Greg is the new governor of California. It, when Gavin Newsom leaves, is, is if it's Barbara Lee, is, are the people going to be lining up from some of these other restaurants to get an exemption, too? I don't know. I mean, I'm still trying to figure out how uh, if Panera is technically a bakery, right? What bakery serves double-decker sandwiches and chili and mac and cheese and flatbread pizza? That's like calling a strip club a dance recital. There's so much more going on, even if the moves are similar. But it shows you why some people get into politics or become pals with people who are in politics, because you become exempt from the rules that you enforce on others. That's the only reason. But I'm still I'm always uh, I'm obsessed with Panera. It's such a weird place. Mm-hmm. It's like nobody ever says, hey, guys. I have a great idea. Let's go to Panera. I want to get the green goddess Cobb salad. It's just, it's like, it's the place you go to where you quietly, you know, meet a friend from high school to tell them you're not going to invest in their novelty tie company or, you know, where you sell your used Dodge Dart. It's a place no one really wants to be there, but they have to be there. You are dressed like Panera. Am I? Look at your color scheme. I oh, like, wow. I like the colors. Maybe I'll go there after work. Yeah. <laughs> I like their big bread bowls. There's one on Saturday. Oh, they're so great. They're exempt yeah. because of the bread bowls. Yeah. McDonald's yeah. should just bake bread. Yeah. Well, we should have Panera on set tonight. Oh, come on, producers. All right. <laughs> Up next, medieval times in America, classroom sword fights, and a naked lady fights with a spiked club. This year, America has gone medieval. A buck naked woman randomly attacking people at Venice Beach in California until another lady confronted her armed with a spiked club. Thankfully, nobody was hurt. Seemed impossible. Uh, Judge, we all have the same reaction. I want you to put her face up there. I want everyone to see her. I do, too. And her phone number. Yeah. <laughs> is she single? She's in amazing shape. No, the, uh, the unspeakable. She's in great shape. She's in amazing shape. This is like, I'm so tired of watching plus size drunks beating the crap out of each yeah. other at Arby's. <laughs> this is like the kind of fight I can get behind. And I'm, I'm, I want to say this. I'm tired of the blurring people. I All right. Her face. Like, by, by the way, this is my question. Family is speech and blurring is censorship. All right. Slap her face up there. Okay? Ooh. Embarrassed. By the way, she's got to be on drugs. I don't think she's embarrassed. Someone tell me. Why she's... are you shaming her, Judge? <laughs> Jesse, do you have something sexist to say? How is it sexist to say she's got a great body? I, I consider that a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> you have 10 seconds. The naked, mace-wielding lady will be on Jesse Waters' primetime. Is that true? Well. And it's also not a mace. It's called a morning star. Okay. Wait, is that Amazon corrected true? me. What? Are you, are you lying again? A morning star. Are you lying again? A shaft with a ball with the spikes. Okay, are you lying? All, I'm absolutely time? not going to tell you if I'm lying. <laughs> Just tune in. Just be careful when you Google that. There's something happening on California beaches last time I was in California, yeah. I saw a guy sucking his own toe. Oh, um, thank but God. I would say this activity like, is far Ron more dangerous Jeremy. for men than right. women. So I'm glad it's women fighting, not men. We have, I loved oh, everyone's yeah. points, but we've got to go. Wrap it up. Yeah. Okay. Poor One more thing is up next. Psycho killer.
Pause for the facts. It's time now for one more thing, Judge. Oh, okay. Not only are Stanley Cups fireproof, they're apparently bulletproof, too. An Ohio woman has claimed her Stanley Cup saved her life after a stray bullet shot through her home. Jessica, it's violent in America. As you can see, the bullet came flying through the wall, ricocheted off the Stanley, sitting in front of her, went through a perfume bottle before hitting the ground. That's crazy. She's okay. I don't know if that's the story there. (laughs) Get out of that apartment. PR for Stanley. Okay, thank you for being a friend. Check out this adorable toddler who is wowing the internet with her Golden Girls-inspired hair. 20-month-old Evelyn's mom and grandma are both hairstylists in Dallas. They say the way baby's hair grows is almost identical to the same haircut you would do on a Betty White. So that was their inspiration. It's so cute. So cute. Is that not cute? You go, girl. Yeah, where's you go, girl? Tonight, Joe DeVito, Michelle Tafoya, Cat Tip and Tyrus Gutfeld tonight, 10 p.m. Watch it. Wait, do you guys actually not think that's cute? Hey, Jesse Waters Prime Time tonight. Johnny, in lieu of Women's History Month, mm. went out and not, we do not have the Johnny Sot there telling oh, me. God no. darn it, producers. No Panera Bread, no Johnny Sot. What is this place? So we just have to watch your show tonight. God. Okay. Yeah, and we will have the, the naked, axe-wielding no, woman liar. at 8 o'clock. Liar. <laughs> I, I didn't say if she would be appearing, we would run. have her. Don't be up there her image. 21. That's it for us. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com. Listen to the five ad free on Amazon Music with your Prime membership or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.